Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Rise and shine. Rise and shine, Dave. Rise and shine. So early. Kyle had to get here so early. Have to get up and start our day. What do we have to do? We have a show to do. We have a show to do. Do we have to? If not us, uh, who? Okay, 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 I'll do it. Just so you know. I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Let's get this show started. Thursday to the KC Morning Hoes on the show today. My friends were joined by Regional Administrator of HUD of the Great Plains Housing and Urban Development. Very excited for you to hear our conversation talking housing, and I mean holistic housing, how the housing issue is a justice issue, which is a climate issue, which is a life issue. You know what I mean? It's all connected, my friends. It's a beautiful, small world we got. So let's make sure we're taking care of our folks. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not speaking for Mr. Claiborne or HUD or anybody. This is a Hartzell soapbox. Look out. <laughs> it was a Reagan. Yeah, Reagan said, and he said it like a real do. The worst thing you can say is I'm the government and I'm here to help. I still think that's one of the most detrimental things a president has ever said. What else is the government for, my friends, if not to work for us? We are endowed with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. What is the pursuit of happiness? If not a home, a place to stay, being able to pass on generational wealth. Anyway, and scene for my soapbox, that's it. We get into that and so much more with Mr. Claiborne. After that, we got our friends from Quite Frankly on the show doing a music thing. This band, one of my favorites in town. The kids, y'all. But the kids are all right. New music on the way, and I cannot wait for you to hear every bit of this. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City. I love you. You know I do. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Oh, absolutely it is. That's what you do, KC. My name's Arnsel. We'll see ya in the morning. Bye. For the first time on your KC Morning Show, the first of many times, I hope, he is the Regional Administrator for HUD Great Plains, Housing and Urban Development of the Great Plains, Ulysses Claiborne, but his friends call him Deke, and I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship, sir. Welcome to the KC Morning Show, and thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you, So I sure appreciate you having me on your show. Let's start from Jump Street, my friend, because I do feel like in this moment that we're making a movement. How many times have we heard that phrase? I think that the next big issue, maybe it's not next, it's now. The issue, I think, of our time, sir, is housing and our friends, our family, our neighbors who are affected by homelessness. So can we start with a little bit of context? I know that you all are providing resources to get folks home ownership, which is generational wealth. It's transformative. 
But if you can, in bullet points, how did we get here to this point now, this crisis situation that we're in? Let's just call it what it is. Well, you know, we got here by a series of things, some of which are historical policies that were not maybe the best policies, but uh, we are taking steps to rectify that. We look at the fact that this whole idea of home ownership, which is, as you say, transformational and the whole idea of conveying wealth, that's what we're trying to focus on now. It's what we're focused on now through HUD and its uh, agency within HUD called the Federal Housing Administration, FHA. And we are somehow, after the financial crisis of the Great Recession, we got to a point where we just didn't have the supply of housing. And as a result of that, and that portion of that the housing that was available was being acquired by commercial investors and speculators, leaving fewer homes available for the average citizen. And therefore, individuals now getting into bidding wars for properties and properties being sold for a lot more than what the true market value of that property. So that's how we got here. We are going to get out of this by a combination of things, HUD policy, building and increasing of inventory. But until that time, what FHA is doing is doing what it always has done is to make sure that individuals have access to housing and that they are able to acquire homes and not be shut out of the market as a result of the inability to obtain loans. So Deke, I guess, what does this look like? You know, because you make such excellent points, especially when we talk about Airbnbs and short-term rentals and the speculators who are trying to buy up the market, especially here in Kansas City. We've got streetcar, we've got development downtown. I mean, this is desirable spots for development, but it's also home for the folks of Kansas City. So what does this look like? Is it converting old spaces that we currently have and then turning those into homes? Or, you know, I guess what steps are you taking? What are we doing? Well, I think what we're doing is going to address things on a number of different levels. We need, and right now across the country, we need to have more affordable housing, not just low income, lower moderate income housing, but housing at all levels with respect to housing for single family. We need housing for multifamily. We need housing for manufactured housing. We need more housing. And that's what is being done. And HUD, through the FHA, has provided individuals, developers, individuals with access to the market, to lenders. HUD does not make a loan. FHA does not make a loan, but FHA does. It insures the loan. It is a, a gigantic insurance fund that says that if you go out and acquire a loan, and if there is a default that FHA will pay that lender for that loss and will pay the principal and interest balance on that loan. Therefore, that risk and exposure that the bank had is really covered. And so therefore, they're more likely to make the loan. So that creates greater access for individuals that may have been shut out of the market to gain access to the market to acquire home. So one of the things that I wanted to just make sure that I said here today is that if you're interested in a home, especially a young person, there are opportunities to access the market, but don't wait until you have identified the house that you want. Start early. Start early by obtaining, as you know, a copy of their credit report each year, free of charge, 
because it's important to do that because we know that from our data that 68% of these credit reports contain erroneous information. And so individuals can get those reports and start working with a HUD certified housing counseling agency to work through and to make sure that that report reflects an accurate depiction of who they are and what their credit score should be. Well, let's double down on that. Do you think some of this, you know, I, I, I know for a fact we got folks in their car right now who are going to be hearing this who are for the first time hearing this. You know, I think some of this is outreach and communications. How can we make sure that our folks know that these resources are available, that, you know, our government can, in fact, work for us and get us the housing and the support that we need? How can we help facilitate in those communication efforts? Yeah, that's a great point. And there are uh, thousands of HUD certified housing counseling agencies across the country. And even if there isn't one in your community, they can be accessed remotely. Brian Hanshi, our public affairs officer, will be sending you a link. But it's just as simple as going to HUD.gov and then search housing counseling agencies. And there you will obtain a list of all the agencies that are available in your area and how to contact them. And these agencies are doing things like they will work with you on credit building, credit management, financial literacy, financial education, credit restoration. They help address the questions that individuals have before they get into uh, the housing market. Like, am I ready for home ownership? You know, right now as a renter, if the light bulb goes out or if the drain is stopped up, I call the landlord. But as a homeowner, there are responsibilities, but great benefits to homeownership. How much house can I afford? What are my legal rights? Where can I find a good lender? What does a good loan look like? The housing counseling agencies can help you navigate that process. And individuals for my data, it shows that individuals that get engaged with a housing counseling agency reduce their debt by $11,300. So that is an enormous benefit to just engaging. And as I stated, the fee for their services is income-based and generally it's very a small fee or it's free. Deke, if I can, just kind of maybe taking a step back for a second. When it comes to truly affordable housing, I know there are some steps that we can take city level to make sure that our folks, be that homeowners or tenants, are you know, properly protected. How much of this, Deke, really, truly is a federal issue? You know, I said, I think this is going to be one of the issues of our time, affordable housing. You know, we can talk up and down about the definition of what it means to be affordable, how true that true definition is even. But it is the definition that's being provided by HUD or by FHA or by insert government entity. So I guess, how can we find a way to bridge that gap so that it is working in tandem, both from the federal government to the state governments, to your local municipalities? How can we better work in tandem? I guess is my roundabout way to get into that question. That's a great question. And it's one that is a, a full government approach and private sector involved. I mean, this is an all hands on deck issue. Because as you know, we need everybody in this society. Just because I'm a first time school teacher, you know, and I've incurred debt to go to college. Maybe my starting salary is not the greatest, maybe, but it's where I'm starting. We need that school teacher. We need the social workers. 
We need the retail workers and they need safe, decent and sanitary and affordable housing. These people are very crucial to the social fabric of the country and to every city and town in the country. And so we, on every level, state, local and federal, have a role to play in the development of housing. For instance, we have through the FHA programs, such as a number of programs to develop single family housing through our role in helping individuals, uh, connecting individuals to these HUD certified insured housing counselors through the programs for us in low income housing tax credits, programs that help to help finance these public private partnerships that help to development in the development, incentivize development of housing and to this role in the development of single family homes. For instance, with the state agencies like Missouri Housing Development Commission, which helps through its first time home buyers program, providing individuals with funds in order to support even the down payment and closing costs. So we have tools that we have, but I tell you, even though we're working hard, there seems to be more work to be done. We're not complaining. We're just going to get about it and continue to roll up our sleeves and continue to do the work. Absolutely, we are. And Deke, I'm thinking, you know, as we get ready to wrap here, I'm thinking of how we met. I met you at the Climate Action Summit. I just love that again in this moment, I think we're realizing that this is all related. This is a holistic approach. Yeah, you deal with housing and getting folks homes, that generational wealth. But, you know, housing is a climate issue. It is a justice issue. It is a insert all of it. It's all interconnected. You know, you've kind of already touched on this, but can you double down on that? Make your pitch, if you can, Deke, on why all of this matters holistically. Well, I tell you, you know, we just experienced these disasters that seem to be more uh, recurring and that affects everyone. We are using resources to address these disasters more frequently. And until we understand that with respect to resiliency and with respect to dealing with the climate, it's something that we're, we're going to have to face in our climate action plan we just recently, uh, HUD has committed $1 billion to assist multifamily housing owners with resilience and energy efficiency. This is in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. So, you know, HUD is where we're working with our friends at EPA, with FEMA, with our federal agencies. Everyone has to understand that this is an all a government approach in order to address this problem because we all have a piece of the puzzle, uh, but no one has the total answer. But by working collaboratively, we can address this problem. Ulysses Claiborne, his friends call him Deke. He is the regional administrator for HUD of the Great Plains, the housing and urban development of the Great Plains. My friend, I always wrap up my interviews. I say, is it a good day to be a Kansas Cityan? Well, is it a good day in the Great Plains? Deke, tell us. Yes, it is. And uh, and I definitely want to thank you for giving this opportunity to speak. You know, Hartsley, can you give me an, another minute? Oh, take as much time as you need. I just want to talk about something that we call myth busters, because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there where people don't think that they're not ready for home ownership. And I want to make sure that I just want to address these points. Myth number one, people say, you know, you need 20% down in order to buy a home. Well, that's false. With FHA financing, you only need 3.5% down payment. Lenders have been told 
that they cannot obtain this down payment with the help of friends or families. Well, that's false. FHA allows gifts with certain stipulations. Some people believe that you need to have perfect credit. That's false. Good credit helps, but FHA can work with lower credit scores. And like I said earlier, when we're doing the underwriting, looking at individuals that have student debt, but utilizing that actual monthly payment that they're making rather than a percentage of the outstanding overall debt and trying to underwrite these individuals in a better way that gives you a clear reflection of their credit history. Another myth is you need to be on the same job for two years. Well, that's false. You need to have a work history of two years. You do need that, but school and military service counts. You can't get a HUD insured loan if you have student loan debt. And we just discussed that. That's not correct. But we will, in the underwriting, utilize that actual monthly payment. Say an individual finds a home that's a fixed upper. I said, well, I'm sure I can't get a loan for this. The cost that it takes to rehabilitate this property and to purchase it. But yes, yes, you do. FHA has a program called 203K, and that program wraps the amount of the rehabilitation costs and the acquisition costs together into one loan. And, you know, it's been something that FHA is only for single family detached homes. No, that's not correct. FHA finances condos, townhomes, modular manufactured homes. So all housing you can obtain an FHA insured loan. But I just wanted to address some of the myths that are out here. And those myths can be dispelled with the use and help of an FHA certified housing counseling agency. Well, then we'll wrap with this. Let's actually wrap with this then. Deke, are you encouraged? I'm hearing what you're saying. Are you encouraged? I know you got some bullet points, but are you actually encouraged, my friend? Yeah, I think, you know, I came to this job because the idea of seeing what the Biden administration was uh, proposing to do and seeing the resources available and not just with HUD, but with our respect to our federal partners and our state partners, I am encouraged. I believe this is a pivotal point where people are focused on the importance of housing and providing housing for our citizens of the country. Because I could go on and talk about this, talk about certain things, for instance, with even with respect to our residents of public housing. There is something called the Family Self-Sufficiency Program. And with public housing, you're only required to pay no more than 30% of your adjusted monthly income for rent. So say that your adjusted income, one third, 30% of that is $200. But you worked on your job, been promoted, and now one third of your adjusted income is $300. That $100, that extra $100 will go into a savings fund that you can have that you will continue to receive credit building, education, financial literacy, and all kinds of education and participate in this program where any additional increase in your pay will not go to an increase in rent, but that additional increment will go into your savings fund for five years. At the end of that five-year period, you get that money that you could then use to acquire a home, start a business, and other eligible uses. And so that I have just attended a graduation service where individuals were graduating from that program at a number of homes who acquired their homes, were leaving public housing, and going into home ownership. There are so many things to be encouraged about, also. And yes, I'm, I am very optimistic and, and looking forward to the additional work that we all can do together. Ooh, lady,
the first time on your KC Morning Show, the homies from Quite Frankly. They sound so sweet. Don't you agree? Playing a bunch of places. Got a show at Boulevardia. That's awesome. What a glow up. Ooh, my friends, quite frankly, welcome to the show, y'all. Who wants to go first? What's up, what's up? I'm Jolson. How you living? I'm Carolyn. Nice to meet you guys. I'm Eli. I'm Scout. <laughs> That's the squad right there. So how do we how do we get here? Because I feel like whenever I'm doing a gig somewhere, quite frankly, is on the bill as well. Uh, <laughs> we got this hustle thing down. How did this start? Where did this start? Someone give me the origin story. I actually started this band uh, a couple years ago. Five years ago. Say more than a couple at this point. <laughs> That's more than a couple. I'm the only original member, so there was a couple other members that left. What have you learned in this process? Because I'm not going to step on the lead. You all are, are young, but amazing. What have you learned as you've seen like the different iterations come and go? It's all about, uh, yeah, just who meshes well as people. You know, it's important that you obviously have the talent that you can work well musically. uh, But I think friendship is genuinely a huge key. What he said. Yeah. Pretend I said that. (laughs) So I can tell you all genuinely are fond of each other. Friends since when? I mean, I really want the full Disney backstory here. Really paint this adorable picture because, I mean, look at what y'all doing now. It's pretty impressive. From my end, I started in a super tiny town in Kansas. I grew up in a place called Osage City. I graduated with like 40 kids in my class, and we were the big class. But I always loved music, and uh, it was pretty much the only (laughs) marketable skill I had. So I decided that I really needed to find something else outside of town that I could do. And I heard about School of Rock here in Overland Park. My dad was kind enough and supportive enough to drive me an hour and a half every single Thursday to get all the way up to School of Rock, and he would just figure out something to do for four hours while I was taking lessons and playing music. School of Rock had this thing called House Band, where it was an audition-only band that they were all in, and then it got disbanded for one reason or another, and that was really the only like gig outlet any of us had, so... Scout came home and asked MJ if she could start a band, and we started playing in the basement. And I didn't join until a year or two later. I moved to Chicago briefly and then came back. Yeah. I'm just rocking and rolling now. <laughs> My story is kind of somewhat similar in the fact that I joined School of Rock. I've lived in Kansas City for my whole life, so going to School of Rock was really the starting point for me to learn all about music and how to gig and everything. I feel like a lot of us kind of outgrew that a little bit in a way. Not that it wasn't a great place to begin. And then Scout asked me, yeah. yeah. And then Scout asked me to join, quite frankly. And I was, I just remember being so nervous because I was (laughs) like 13 years old. (laughs) All the insecurities of a 13 year old. I feel like it just really helped me get out of my shell. And now I have some of my best friends. So that community, right? To be surrounded by that, to like then also realize that I'm good at this, but also like I want to keep doing this to the point where you're so self-aware enough to know that I only have a certain set of skills. And if this is it, then my chips are all the way in. Right. Mm-hmm. So are you all reaching that point where you think maybe it's time to go all in? That's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I'm in multiple bands and like, it's really all I like doing. I work at cocktail bars and, and dive bars and stuff, you know, to, to make ends meet. But yeah, it's it's really the only thing I ever have envisioned myself doing. So yeah. can't stop now. <laughs> I'm well, too far in. <laughs> Do you want me to stay? Or is there love I'm building in my head that's never really been here? But I'll be up 
influences, who would they be? Everybody has their own thing, really, which I think is what I mean, makes the sound so I, unique. Especially vocally, like as a kid, I would listen to Adele and Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, and now I listen to a lot more indie pop stuff. Mm-hmm. But I find that a lot of the indie pop stuff doesn't have the richness vocally as some of the people I used to listen to. So I kind of try and bring that in there because that's what I like definitely started playing a lot of older stuff because that's kind of the school of rock vibe we did a lot of 80s covers and stuff which is which is good when you're starting out as a cover band that's what the people want to hear so much fun yeah like, exactly you know. we we never didn't have a good time with any well, of it and, uh, and covers makes a lot of money too. yeah exactly i mean yep. that's how we paid our way through so much was just playing a ton of well gigs. that part the on the road the financing of this stuff also y'all did all this in the middle of a global pandemic as you're trying to like get better and grow together peel back some of that if you can luckily we've got people in our corner everywhere so there is a little bit of an age gap so everybody's parents have been super heavily involved and having that support has just been insane especially from mj she is acting manager momager Whatever. And I mean, bouncer, yeah. <laughs> merch lady, promoter, producer. She does it all. And um, seriously, without our parents and MJ and all their support, we wouldn't have been able to get anywhere near as far. We'd probably still, still be in the garage. Yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, MJ's got the skill set because she runs her own business, too. And so when we started getting for real about this, she started treating it as a business. And I think Mm -hmm. having that respect from her, especially so young. I mean, when I joined, I was 18 and they were all 15 or 16. And I remember our very first show was at Starlight. We were opening up for Tenacious D. And I was like, you got to get the hell out of here. Like, that's, that's insane. Yes, I mean, sure, on the side stage. But it was still an incredible opportunity. And I was like, is this what you guys do? Like, is this, is this how we roll? And it totally is. It absolutely is. And we got a new EP, or I guess the debut EP, yeah, is yes. oh, yeah. in route, May, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. What can you, without breaking too much news and freaking out MJ too much, what, <laughs> what can you let these folks know? We're aiming for mid-May. We've been working on it since the beginning of the year. We're trying to crank out like a song a month-ish, which is new. Harder We've... than it sounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with high school. Preparing for college. College and working in the real world. <laughs> yeah, schedules. it's uh, two totally different things, but we're all busy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we used to just kind of write whenever it struck us, but this is the first time that we've like tried to allot time. And I was worried that it wouldn't feel as natural or as beautiful, you know, not doing the moment. But honestly, they've always been such efficient writers. These guys are so good. Like, I can just show up with one idea, and by the time we're done playing it, they have the song. So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. This is some of our best stuff so far. And I know everybody says that, but, <laughs> but I, really, I really do think so. We have impressionable minds in my hand right now. I feel like I got (laughs) to tell you to go be great or something, but you don't need me. So yeah, what what are we thinking? I'll let Eli share his plan, but we're both going to K-State next year, and we will both actually, funny enough, be in the College of Agriculture. And I've lived in Kansas City my whole life, so that should be a very interesting (laughs) 
transition for me, but I've always loved animals, so I'm going into animal science and uh, planning on being a veterinarian, but still trying to make the music thing work because it's both two things that I love. So if I can make it work, I mean, a, a vet, a musician, we're all starving artists at the end of the day, right? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about so I'm planning to go to K State with <laughs> Carolyn, uh, Ag Economics, and then I plan to go to KU Law. So we'll see what? How- All right. I know. Out of left so, field, right? Like, so we're gonna have to have nowhere. we're gonna have to run this back very soon because boy, do I have some legal questions for you, my friend. <laughs> homie discount. The homie discount. Put that in your prospectus. All right. <laughs> Plug the handles. Where can folks go to find out more? Tell us everything. At quite frankly, the band on literally everything. Follow us on Spotify because if you do that there, then obviously all the new releases and stuff will automatically show up on your release radar um, and all your like new incoming playlists. Instagram is where we post every single one of our shows. So if mm-hmm. you're trying to come out to a Quite Frankly show, which we'd love to have you, absolutely, uh, go to our Instagram. We do have a website as well uh, to do ticketing and, and the calendar and stuff there. Right. If you want to just quite frankly, the band.com. There it is. <laughs> what are we going to head out with? What, are, what am I hitting play on? What's the song you want these folks to remember the rest of the day, my friends? We'll be hitting play on. That's blue and red, baby. Yeah. Blue and red. <laughs> Blue slash red. It's, Blue slash uh, red. Yeah. That is, uh, it's the most emotionally significant song to me. Also, and probably the least for me. Which <laughs> yeah, which is why so it funny. works. <laughs> yeah. Song about a, a old abusive relationship that I was in that I made it out of, and uh, yeah, it's it gets more and more cathartic the farther away I get from it, which isn't isn't normal for most songs. But oh, that's deep. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> oh my God. Remind me the title. Blue, Blue slash red. red. Blue slash red and or blue and red, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It's on your KC Morning Show, my friends. Quite frankly, thank you all so much. Appreciate your continued success. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Playing songs on a Sunday. You keep calling, but I don't want to hear from you anymore. So why'd you show up in my door tonight? been up since like Thursday And I don't got time to eat whatever it is You think you need to say Yeah, I'm wondering how you
Another text, I'm out with friends And I hope to split the bill in a bit Try and run my shit, what an overstep Can't believe you don't see this is it Won't let you in this time How do you always find a way to get under my skin? I tried to hit rewind for the friends I'd find And I know I can't do this again